0: Well hello and welcome back to the Ironbound podcast. I am Kat Fink, your host, and today we're going to be jumping back in on the third part of the interview with Mamie Young. Now um, it was interesting, I was I was thinking of what I wanted to talk about before finishing up this this interview, and as I've mentioned if you've been following along, this was an interview that my mother conducted in 2008 with Mamie. Um, And, you know, there's, there's so many things that I find interesting within the things that Mamie was talking about. Um, But what really stood out to me was that I had the interviewer still, still around and was able to go back to the source and kind of um, plum, plumb the depths, get a little bit more of her opinion and her uh, ideas and things that she had gotten from her overall conversations with Mamie because obviously this one time that they did the interview that it was recorded was not the only time that she got to speak with Mamie and so, um, so I sprung <laughs> a, uh, a little last minute interview on my mother and for the first part of the podcast today we're going to, um, we're going to hear the last portion of the interview with Mamie, and then we're going to hear an interview that I'm doing with my mom, sort of looking back on that interview that she did with Mamie and on um, other topics and and sort of insights that she's had since that time. So. Um, yeah without further ado we're gonna leap right back in where we left off with Mamie's interview and then we'll switch over to my interview with my mom Donna Fink right afterwards and if you've been listening and enjoying the podcast, um, I'd love to direct your attention over to patreon.com forward slash catfink. That's a place where you can throw a couple bucks in the in the proverbial hat to help keep the lights on here. Um it does require a fair bit of uh focus and equipment and um you know there's always further investigation and further gear that I'm Trying to um, up my game with with this um, podcasting thing, so any uh, any support is definitely welcome. And as a final note, I will remind you once again that uh, the interview that my mom conducted with Mamie was in a nursing home, and so there's still a fair bit of background noise that might be a little bit confusing to you if you're wondering who's coughing in the background of your house or your car (laughs) so um, little elusive noises that seem to be coming from your own environment may in fact simply be a little ghost in the recording so here we go
1: well is there anything that you wanted to uh, 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 any other things that i haven't
2: no i can't think of anything i told you about the episode (laughs) and the baby yeah 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 um Mm-hmm. When you were going to visit
1: around the island from house to house, mm-hmm. um, would you just go and visit somebody or how would you do
2: it? Yeah, we just went to visit <laughs> if we had a little time in the afternoon or something like that. Mostly we'd be on Sundays yes because you were so busy other times and, right. you know, right. but you'd go in. and the children, Harris used to read Bible stories to the children when they were little, yeah. And they'd always like to go over to Uncle Harris's and, and hear the Bible stories. Though so I used to read to the children, too. But he used to always like to read to them. Yeah. Used to go over there. Yeah, yeah he was a great storyteller. Oh, too. was he ever? Yeah. Yes. yeah. He really was. Yes. I don't know how many they were stretched. <laughs> I believe all of them. <laughs> but he was a good storyteller. He really was. Yeah. Yes. He used to tell some ghost stories, too. <laughs> I know. Robert used to Tell his stories. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. yes. Well, I was just reading. Where did I put that? I must have put it, I had it over there for a couple of days and I read. But Diane gave me the uh, Robert's. Well, what was, was it? It right up about Robert. Okay. I think it's. I have it in the drawer there. Let's see, let's see where I put that now? In, in the strip? I think I... Yeah. One, the, I think a, just I just
1: fish fishery. Oh my! Yeah. It was a decline, wasn't it? It certainly was. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well. Yeah. It really got bad after we had moved to Blandford. I was gonna you know? say. It really yeah. got bad after yeah.
0: that. What year was that?
2: Uh, we moved to Blandford in 1980. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Built a house on the mainland. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, and of course the the way that the fishery operated on Ironbound.
2: Yeah. It was so it, different later on. Yeah, it was yeah.
1: different, and and uh, well, I know that speaking personally, that I know that uh, you know, Robert felt that he was encouraged to find other work. Yeah,
2: that's right. Well, the younger people—it's a good job they did
1: yes, because uh,
2: because they never made a living because no, no. there wasn't there wasn't a fish like. but then the older men they didn't get a good price for the fish either you know no no,
1: no even yeah. when they were
2: even when they were working so hard yeah and got a lot of fish yeah. well they caught a lot and that's why they made sort of a not a decent living but they made survival you yes. know yeah yes. because, uh,
1: there's no there's no question that uh, that the generation um, that became the city you know the Walter and Malcolm and Isaac and Charlie and mm. and am I leaving And Buddy and and Buddy Buddy and, and yeah. Uh, and, and Pearlis. Pearlis, yeah. Um, the members of this of the scene.
2: Yeah, the seven. The seven, seven of them. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. That they they moved.
2: Well, they moved heaven and earth. I mean, it to, was huge oh, work. It certainly was so. Yeah, yeah. and they. They'd fish and catch the fishes, and work at the fish as late as they could and yeah. I know Beatrice and I often took a lunch down to the men when they were dressing the fish in, in the evening you know because they were, they just felt like a little snack you know. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean I can remember, well I remember Mildred being up to to see Isaac off in the morning at 3 a.m. Oh I
2: know. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And they'd all yeah. meet down. Yeah. To the stores, yeah, and then I, what I do recall, was going down to your house one time, and you had the radio on. Oh yeah, and you had the CB radio going. Oh yeah, and you were looking out
2: one window, <laughs> and then you were looking out the other <laughs> window. Yeah. I mean, I can remember that yeah. my uh, son-in-law, Mike Mulroney he was then, he and Marion have separated since that. But he gave us a, a CB radio, and we oh that was a wonderful thing, you know. They could call in and say, well now, we'll be so long, so many minutes until we get in, and then and you start get put your potatoes yeah. on, so they, they were just fresh, you know, yeah, when they come. You know, <coughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can remember, and then you, it, it, like sometimes Mildred, I, I
1: that one summer that I was there, uh, or a couple in, a couple times in summer, I'd take, she'd leave for a day and I would take over and they'd be fishing. And I never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> because you're always trying to listen to that radio.
2: Yeah. And many a time you had to, one thing we grew our own vegetables and kind of, there was no waste in that way. And you'd You'd have potatoes cooked, and the person you'd get a call, well, we won't be in until so-and-so, when you just had the those went out to the peaks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. It was a good thing that way to grew all your own vegetables, yeah. But trying to get tied to that radio. That's right. That radio, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. At the same
1: time that you had to run out or... See to something else, or that's somebody right. came yeah. to
2: the door, and you might have missed something. You might have missed something, that's and then right. you were calling up to somebody else <coughs> to see what the message was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. calling around the island to yeah. try
1: to to catch up on anything
2: that you. Yeah, I'll never forget too. Uh, one thing when uh, smoke smokehouse got in fire, he had he had uh, just put a lot of uh, hattie fillets in, you know, to smoke, and. Well I was one that I was up all hours and I never went to bed until midnight and I'd always go to the window and I'd look up the road and down the road before I went to bed. Never missed that and when I looked out this night it was nearly twelve o'clock and there was the flames going over there by Margaret's and I thought it was the barn. And I quick called Malcolm and he got up and got his clothes on and called the other men and they got buckets of water because there was nothing else but buckets of water to put the in the, the smokehouse was on fire, and Perlis had only filled it with, with smoked fish that day, fish to smoke, yes. and he lost the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. But he, what I thought was the barn when I saw the fire. Right, because it
1: would have been right in line oh, the barn. Oh, right in line, yes. so exactly.
2: they went with buckets and they got it out, yeah. yeah. Was That
1: that was in the fall, wasn't it? Yes,
2: I think it was, because they had put these, I think it was Hattie fillets or something in, yeah, yeah.
1: Robert and I were living in Newfoundland at the time. We came home Christmas time. Is that right? Yeah. And I can remember being down to Pearls and Margaret's Christmas time, and Pearls explained about how a smokehouse caught fire. Yeah. And then Pearls was explaining how he got the insurance.
2: Is that right? Yeah. On the smokehouse. On the smokehouse. And Robert Robert
1: was there, and he was incredulous. (laughs) He said, you had the smokehouse insured for fire? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to this day, I can
2: still remember ours. You, you had the <laughs> smokehouse
1: smoke joy joy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah.
1: The other one about the smokehouse that I recall is that after Perlis died, Margaret said to me or to us, we were down visiting, and she said, "The boys are going to have to learn how to smoke fish themselves." Yeah.
2: Because Perlis always did that.
1: Now you have to recall Mm. the age of the boys.
2: Yeah, that's right. Because well, (laughs) they were just boys.
1: No, but I mean the boys were in their what, sixties, seventies by that time. The boys. Yes. Right. They're going to have to learn to smoke fish themselves (laughs) because I'm too old to be out there doing this. (laughs) Poor Margaret. (laughs) Yes, but uh, when. While while you and while Malcolm was out and and Isaac uh, were they were they looking at a lot less fish? I mean, in, in answer to Jason's question, did did you see a decline in? Oh the, yes, yeah?
2: there was. Yeah, we moved to Blandford in 1980, and uh, because when I had this hip trouble, Malcolm used to have to lift me in and out the boat, and got it to the point that I didn't want him to do it because I thought he hurt his back or something, yeah. So then we built a house on Blandford, yeah. And I stayed in there, but he still fished on Ironbound for, I think it was three or four years after that, and then he came come into Blandford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but the fish
1: were getting less. Oh, yes, yeah, much so,
2: very much so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, And and you and Malcolm were on the island when they did the
2: original... Landed sea Yes, program. yeah. We were That's there. Right, exactly. P- had pictures down, taken down by the shore, down by the right. shore. Yeah, yes. ebb tide. Ebb tide. Ebb tide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and if I remember rightly, Margaret wouldn't get down because she didn't want her picture taken.
1: <laughs> she was camera shy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want a. no, she didn't want any picture taken. There were
1: very few pictures, Margaret.
2: That's right. I have one. Now I don't know if I gave it to Maxine or not, but I only ever had one. And that was just part of, she was standing somewhere that you just saw, she, I don't know who she was by or what, but it was like at the end of the picture, you know, and that was the only one in any of my pictures that, when I've gone through that I had, yeah. Well, married.
1: I've got a couple of photographs. Oh, have you? And I'll see that you get them. Is that right? You yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah. But of course, Perlis did the hair cutting.
2: Oh, yes. you always went to the barber. Yes.
1: Yeah. Did you get your hair cut by Perlis? No, no, no. No, that was... But Margaret got her
2: hair cut. Oh, yes, Margaret did, no.
1: With with the Perlis, yes.
2: Up there in the... My hair didn't grow very fast, which was a good thing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 So,
1: yeah. As far as the the Rock Band book, uh, well... That book was published in 1926, and it was 1928 that the, uh, that the, that the, uh, the folks on the island um, wrote the letter, yeah. Yeah. The, the Citizens of Ironbound mm-hmm. letter, in response to I the know poem. Malcolm's
2: mother had part of that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just, see, she was a school teacher. That was Polly. Polly, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a copy of that book. It's not the first edition. I think, uh, now Polly had the first edition. I think, I think Marion has it. Think, I think Walter gave it to her, if I'm not mistaken. Or Polly did. Yeah. yeah. Mine was the second printing. There wouldn't be many of those books. I don't imagine, no. Yeah. I bought one at the Price Club. I forget how many years ago I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But that would have been later editions. Oh, yeah. Not the original yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Because he didn't, uh, if it makes anyone feel any better, Robert and I did some research. Um, oh, did you? And mm-hmm. he didn't make a whole lot of money on that.
2: Book. No, I guess not. He made about three hundred dollars on that. Book. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So it didn't really didn't sell well. At no, the time. that's right. But well, uh, people that had been on Ironbound, they knew that things were so different than the way he had portrayed it. You know? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. It. Uh, I. <clears throat> I truly think it was a case of. Of of, arrogant, of of classism and arrogance. Yeah. That he uh, he assumed.
2: They I didn't think, know think, any better. I think he That's assumed. What he thought, yeah. I
1: think he assumed that he would go out. Hmm. And uh, he never bothered to change any names or anything because I think he assumed that no one would ever read
2: it. That's right, yeah. From out there. But he used to ask Mr. Uri these questions, you know. But of course, Mr. Yoroi had no idea that he was going to write a book, you hmm. know. And he told him as it was, and and he spoke as he spoke sure. in those days, you know. Sure,
1: yeah, sure. sure. Well, in 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 the hindsight of, well, almost eighty-five years now. In a way, uh, he did capture. I, th- I think, in a way, he did capture some of the. The landscape of the place yes, and he, what it was like to fish. That's right. And the kind of grueling work that it, they went through those years, through. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he borrowed stories that were st- straight from the uh, from the people mm-hmm. and from the light keepers. Right, and, yeah. Oh, the light keepers out on a green island. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Made their pearl.
1: Made pearl. Yeah. And he Albert, yeah. 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 And I know he was in—he was in uh, written contact with Mather.
2: Yes, no doubt he was. Yes, yeah. Yeah. back and forth. Mather, yeah, Pearl was a smart man too, yes. and so was Albert. Yeah. Yes, both. Yeah, yeah. But nobody ever heard what did happened to Albert. Did you know, know them well? Pardon? Did you—did you meet them or no? Oh one? yes, they used to come into Ironbound when they come in for their mail. See. The Ironbound people would bring their mail to Ironbound when they went in, and if they came in, they'd always stop at Ironbound first to see if any mail was there. Yeah, yeah. Right,
1: right, mm-hmm. to bring the. To bring the
2: uh... But nobody ever knew, found out what happened to Albert, no. But the men did think that, the, see, they weren't allowed to go out until 10 o'clock the next morning. The police said, no, you're not allowed to go out until we get there. And the men on Ironbound said, if the body was if he had fallen over and the body was there, the sea would have taken it out. So that's why they never ever found anything. But The men on Ironbound always said that they thought that if he had fallen over in the dark, you know. Well, I know uh, a girl that went out there and stayed there, mind you, in later years, Ann Linton, and she was, uh, she had a net and she was getting the, the the carry, yeah, that and she was taking this, this stuff out of their throat and put it in bottles. And she used to bring it in and show it to me. Stayed with us a couple of times, and I said, Anne, don't show me that. Please don't show me that. <laughs> <laughs> but she had it in bottles, and, and sure. she was doing research for for Dalhousie, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I believe Anne is out on uh, Save Lollin
2: now, isn't she, or was? I don't a know. Is was is that right? Yes. Yeah, is that right? Oh, she was really going concern, yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. still research researcher, I believe. Yeah, yes. that's just it. Yeah. Yes, but uh, and she would go out by herself.
2: Oh, she went out there. The men used to worry about her, you know. And she told me herself, these later years I've seen her, and she said that uh, one night, that if she had made another step, she would have gone over. But she didn't realize she was so near the cliff, so near the end, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we'd never known what happened. But at nine o'clock every morning, she'd call. I had to call her. or She'd call in because I had the CB set that Marion and Ed had given me, not Ed when she was married to Mike, and uh, she would call in at nine o'clock every morning to make sure she was okay. Or I would call her first, you know. and then I would re- call her father in Halifax to tell him that she was okay. Yeah, you know. because it was out all, there all alone. It was a risky thing. You know. Yeah, and she was. Had a lot of spunk to be able to do that, oh, I'll yes. tell you. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, at least at that time they did have some buildings out there. Yeah. For and her to stay. Stay in,
2: yeah. Now there's nothing. I guess everything is all gone. Gone, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, because there's an unwatched light there, isn't there? Mm-hmm, yeah. An
1: unwatched light, and, uh, well, as is, as is the iron bell light.
2: Yeah, same thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, nowadays. Yeah, no, no yes. light keeper anymore. No light no. anymore, no.
2: Yeah.
1: No. Um, did you ever run into any, in your time, were there ever any visitors that ran into trouble that needed help from the When in
2: your memory? Not that I know of, no. 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 Not that I know of. They might have sometimes, if it was stormy, they had done. remember one time, they it was quite stormy. This boat was coming up from, I don't know, coming going down from Mahome Bay. I guess we're going. I forget how it was. We get up in the morning, and uh, when they saw the smoke going out the chimney, then they come up to the house, and there was uh, some people from up that way, and they were going down yeah. to Mahome Bay. You know. Yeah. Well,
1: I know over the years, it's. I mean, people. Come into the cove there, and so oh, you yes. were always welcome.
2: Oh yes, that's yes. right. Yeah,
1: You was treated, always treated well. That's right. you well, invited to come and use the well. Yeah,
2: these people said uh, yep. when they came up, boy, they uh, they uh, he came up to the house when he saw the smoke going out the chimney. He came up and he had breakfast with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Did you often have more to suffer than you had expected?
2: Sometimes, yeah, you know, but you always, I don't know, you always made plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it always seemed to have plenty left over, you know. You you were used to that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. It wasn't like in today's world, because, I mean, you grew your own vegetables and everything, so there really was no waste, you know. Yeah. And you had pigs to give it to if there was anything left over. Yes, and, or you know. chickens. Yeah, and chicken, yeah. yeah, so yeah. The,
1: they're always interested in what's ever around.
2: That's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's it's funny
1: that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, and when you grew your own, you didn't realize the value of it until you get, like today, when you have to buy everything. You just didn't realize. <laughs> oh, I know. No. Yeah. Gosh, what you threw out. Well, they went to the pigs, you know, and chickens sure. and stuff like that. But and you ate it later. And you, Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right, yeah. yeah. Yes. So uh, you didn't realize how lucky you were, you know, You have all that. Yeah. I mean, you had your work, which was hard at times, but uh,
1: Maybe, were you doing, your, were you in your own chickens? Were you the one that, would you, would you kill your own chickens for?
2: To eat, you mean? To eat. It, I, couldn't, I couldn't kill them. Malcolm had to wring their necks.
1: <laughs> he was the one that did that,
2: yeah. Done. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't do that, no, yeah. but he did that and then I could clean it, the rest of it, you know. But I hated to put my hand in that warm
1: I know, inside. I, I didn't know. like that at Start all. Cleaning that. No, yes. I
2: didn't like that, but I had to. But no, I could never bring their necks. But now Aunt May used to do it. She could do that. Yeah. yeah. But, you uh, know, I was so frightened they'd bite me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I've got a
1: friend who uses a sleeve, a little flannelette, pink flannelette sleeve. Is that right? It, yes. She puts a chicken in the sleeve, and their head pops out the end, and... She just you know,
2: Is that right? Mm-hmm. And Isn't then she something?
1: and then she you know
2: I never heard of that.
1: Puts some no. sort of head down a bit and yeah. she garrets them, you know, with a knife through the oh, throat well, I see, through yeah. the brain. Yeah. That kills them very quickly and there's no there's no flapping around.
2: No. No, because I can remember when they flap around. <laughs> and then they get all bruised up yeah. and everything yeah. and there you are. Yeah. Yes.
1: Except they do a quick tape change. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: I enjoyed this. This is good. I'm (laughs) glad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, This is really nice.
1: Uh It's awfully good of you to do this. Well,
2: that doesn't bother me at all, no. I just answered as I know, you know. And that's good. And it's nice of you to think of me. Oh, thank you so much for the nice bouquet.
0: So we're going to switch over now to the interview that I did with my mother about Mamie Young and the the conversations that she had with her. Uh, A little note here is that the first portion of our interview actually uh, accidentally was lost due to a technical error on my part. So um, it'll seem like a little bit of a a rough jumping jumping into our conversation because we had already been speaking for a good while before. um, But... Uh, I think that we managed to kind of recover some of the things that were got lost there so it's all a learning process folks so without further ado let's hop right back in but Um, yeah um, unfortunately it didn't record that first part I think because I turned the phone over so that we weren't looking at it (laughs) <laughs> I can deal with that! I'm sorry! <laughs> no, it's not your fault. It's just for me, you know, it's like you kind of want to forget about the technology and just, like, be able to have a natural conversation. That so. is why
1: it was so nice. I mean, you know, when I found that J- Jason Keith had, like, I paid him, you know.
0: Well, and that's something that I kind of wanted to ask you about was, like, what was the motivation for you in wanting to do these interviews in the first place because for me as we've seen like I have access to technology that wasn't available in 2008 when you did this interview for me I can like grab some microphones I can grab you know we've all got video capability and audio capability just in our phones Mm you went to the trouble of hiring somebody to do your sound and, and video for this interview and ostensibly the plan was to do yeah. many more and as you said, you had done uh, similar interviews with the women up here in uh, the like New Germany area. So yeah. there was a, a clear, there was it was uh, purposeful, it wasn't on a whim that you yeah. were deciding to go do yeah. It was for the
1: exact same reasons that Helen Creighton, Dr. Mm. Helen Creighton ran around because everybody was getting older, right. this generation was going, Yeah, um, the Iron Bounders, and there's only so many Iron Bounders, had lived a long time, I mean it was right after your dad's death, um, so I was quite aware of things changing in a mm. very big hurry, Right. more so it was poignant for yeah, me, it becomes I was acute. trying to uh, to be honest with you, I was trying to um, hold on, maybe, mm-hmm. hold on to a few things. Um, and the, part of the, his history
0: as well. And, and
1: part of the Ironbound history. And his which legacy. had been, that's
0: also, was always a big part of Dad's legacy, was that Ironbound was so important to it him. It was so
1: important to him. You know, your dad was there's no question that your father was um we've seen it again with residential schools survivors. not residential school no indigenous peoples who have lost their culture hmm. the truth is that your father lost
0: his culture
1: yeah the island yeah.
0: stayed the people didn't right and it's not the physical place that is the heart of a community—it is the we, humans that make yeah, it. So,
1: yeah, well said. And and we went to Ireland's Eye when we lived in Newfoundland, and we got to see what the future of of
0: Ironbound was going to be. Mm. We went to other communities; they had relocated. These were some of the communities that had been left. Yes. Yeah. When... yeah. And and the, it was essentially and because of bringing in services, right? They were bringing in power, they were bringing in kind of larger social structures, but that meant that you Newfoundland know, it's, needed it's to exactly, consolidate a bit more to exactly, make that yeah. practically possible.
1: My father, So
0: then Newfoundland was sort of scattered with all of these ghost towns.
1: My dad put it. I mean, he was of course a, a, an outside plant engineer with the phone company. And mm-hmm. when he came here and went out to Ironbound and he saw the infrastructure that Ironbound had right. for itself at that time. They had uh, they had power, they had telephone at that mm-hmm. time in 76. Of course, they'd only just gotten it. It was right. 7 years right in, right. And he looked around and he said, "Wow." Do you know how much money it took to bring mm. these services to this little island? Right. And the ironbound crowd knew that they had worked all the political angles, right. that they had uh, they had a serious amount of of money being generated off of the island. Mhm. And they pushed they pushed politically for
0: the best interest of the island people, those services. Yeah. Right. Because, because there would have been The wharf would have been maintained by the government.
1: Government wharf. The lighthouse would have
0: been maintained by the government. Now, the, the right. ironbound light was quite important to many more people than the ironbounders, but nevertheless, that would have been...
1: And there was serious infrastructure even when it was first... Yeah, that was mm-hmm. part of the coastal infrastructure sure. and of course, the Cross Island and the ironbound light and then the Peggy's Cove light and all the way up yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All of that cost some serious, right. serious money. And then the schoolhouse, there would have been a provincial teacher being provided right. to right. teach in the schoolhouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Now, Mamie, she was never teaching cuz no. she was she was more of a local than a lot of the other women mm-hmm. on the island. As mm-hmm. we've said, Sylvia came to Ironbound as a school teacher. Nan Margaret came to Ironbound as a school teacher. Margaret came to Ironbound as a school teacher. But Mamie was more of like a homebred. <laughs> she was she was an original. <laughs> Well, and a tank cook. No. No, she she didn't have... No, 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 no she, that's right. That's right, she yeah. She had connections. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyway, there's more. mm It
1: was then, not now. I'm not going to speak, you know. I yeah. I mean, she would be, you know. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's complicated. Sure. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. okay. <laughs> yes, fair enough. <laughs> okay.
0: But so back to, um, I guess you were wanting to collect the stories of the people from the island and and I know that you've mentioned to me before what was sort of most interesting to you was the stories of the women. I really was interested in finding out more about, it was a hidden story.
1: In a lot of ways it's, we're only revealing, you know, women now, young women Mm. are revealing that story now. Mm-hmm. Only because our our context is changing, and therefore we can see more broadly from
0: a perspective we couldn't see. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah, you know we've. I like, and things I are shifting around enough that there there are sort of there's more. I think empathy across across the board because. Now that things have been cracked open a little bit, I know I've certainly had these conversations with Chris because as you well know, our baby is working on being a year old now and he's been able to be quite involved as a parent. And it's been really eye-opening for him into the world of kind of quote unquote women's work because you can't really credit what the toll that it takes on a person, if you look at it from the outside you're like, well, hanging out with a baby can't be difficult, like it's not heavy work, it's not, there's very little blood involved, you know, it's like you can't possibly, there's no danger pay." And until you've kind of been in it, and for context for anybody listening, my partner—we're talking about somebody who has sailed solo around the world. He's done endurance uh, sport to to a high degree, and so to have somebody who has that level of context saying, "This is an intense endurance sport," is, you know, it's it does say something. So. I think that it's changing things a lot now that we're starting to have glimpses into one another's worlds and there's more communication in between. Yeah. But as you've pointed out, for my grandfather, he didn't understand what it was that my grandmother was doing enough to think that she deserved to receive Canada pension. Yeah. Like he, The thing that made me... I heard it from Mamie, I heard
1: it from Mildred, I heard it from other women in other places. Mm-hmm. They believed that they were in a partnership, mm-hmm. that they were both working hard. As hard as they could. As yeah. as, and, 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 and they did not see themselves for a, 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 in a hierarchy right mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case for the men hmm interesting the men saw themselves in a partnership but they the there was kind of a the women had no income right the and and in even in that the women were also involved in the bookkeeping most most right. the, the the most amazing thing is that the business end of things was a, a, a lot of it was conducted the the record keeping the taxes mm-hmm. the phone calls to businesses off island it was all, all being of done that by was by being women. done by the women mm-hmm. and maybe not Mamie, but right. a lot of that was being done by the
0: yeah, more educated women. Sure. Well, and and, and that's it. Is that and you they, had these women who were coming as school teachers, so they were coming with, with yeah. education and yeah. knew how to yeah. do yeah. these yeah. things.
1: And yet, that old, the there. These are older attitudes that were um, overshadowing the the reality of, like I just see that there was the things that, the disappointments that. Mamie talked about, and something, maybe not in the what you heard, but just that when it came to deciding that
0: it was, you know, ultimately it was Malcolm decided, right. Regardless of what you were talking about, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the the man of the house had final say on any, yeah, hmm, right. You know,
1: it's not like every, yeah. The um, the thing that I admired about, I, I admired all of the, the people on the island, But what I've really stood out in my mind about Mamie, was that no matter where Mamie, f- the same with Margaret, the same with this generation, no matter, like they looked at the world very matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. They didn't sugarcoat it yeah. Margaret would say, "Yep, I'm going to be leaving here. I'm not going to be living on Ironbound after a certain length of time because I will not be able to live on it, physically unable to live on it." Right. Mamie said exactly the same thing. She said, "It would be too hard on Malcolm lifting me in and out of, out of the, the boat. boat."
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, Margaret said exactly the same
0: thing. Yes, and Margaret I w- had had predeceased. Uh, Pearl is predeceased Margaret, so she was on her own on the island.
1: She was, but mm-hmm. she had um, um, she Russell, of course had Russell right. and her and son across who was living across the road. Maxine yeah. and Russell were there, right. um, and then then Russell sadly mm. mm-hmm, died, and that right. changed everything for that family. Yeah. Um, then um, uh, Margaret was at. Um, Harborview In Nathan, Lunenburg. In Lunenburg right. for a few yeah. years. And, you know, but she knew that that's where she was going to be going.
0: Right. And that was something that stood out to me listening to Mamie speak in general was that she was quite willing to talk about things that were pretty hard. And and even about the emotional or like psychological toll of them, it wasn't that it wasn't pure stiff upper lip. It wasn't like, yes, my mother died when I was a child from the Spanish flu. Um, yes, my whole family essentially was was drowned in in a boat. Her father and her stepmother and the her stepsister mm-hmm. and she had a brother in the boat as mother. well, wasn't it? Her That's brother. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like, she spoke about these things in a matter of fact way, but also acknowledged the fact that she had a lifelong fear of the water and was petrified to be in the boat. And then she found it, like she would say often, she'd say,
1: I looked out the window on Ironbound and I said, what am I doing here? Right. (laughs) Because she did have a fear of the water and she found herself... Of all places, how many people do end up day. being on an island? Very few. Yeah. And she was one of them with a lifelong fear of the water. Yeah. And so every trip across was, was agony. Yeah.
0: yeah. But she would speak about it. So yeah. she was simultaneously matter-of-fact, but also quite cued into the reality of the emotional and psychological effects of it, Yeah. which I yes. thought was an interesting She was balance. so... She
1: was so healthy, emotionally mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. Uh she, she also and 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 how did she maintain she, when she said she had 70 pen pals, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is like that, she managed to find time in in her busy life, right? To, and her writing was about that big. I mean, she, she tiny, she, yeah, yeah. It was in it was in miniature, and she could right. get more on a, a on single a card. single card, <laughs> which
0: probably had something to do with it. The economy of resources, yeah. Of, yeah, and, yeah and, fair and, and her
1: letter was two cents, but that was money well spent for her. She insisted right. upon that. Right. When you think, you know, uh, and but yeah. But that is a way that, I mean, if, she, you know, she, A way
0: of having that social contact when she, you're not able to have person-to-person. So, yeah, it's actually really interesting in that context when you think about it, that she wasn't able to really connect with other people face-to-face very much. Right. So she maintained this... Incredible. incredible volume of what we would currently think of as an online yes. life. Yes. yes.
1: She had a very busy... Hmm. Uh, uh social life.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. You know,
1: I mean, but in that older so did my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My my grandmother Weaver would go upstairs and she had a typewriter
0: set up and every afternoon she was on that typewriter. Hm. And, but then she li- was in, she lived in a very active community and was surrounded by people and she had lodgers in the house and she was a very so it was she sort was of a socially, socially very well connected and she context. saw people
1: all the time and yet yeah. she maintained yeah. correspondence like, but that was true of Jane Austen's time period. They had mail twice and three times per day and yeah, well, wow. and they they were in touch with one another continuously because
0: they couldn't call on the phone or they couldn't, you know, just no, they send an SMS e- or no. So Facebook I mean, but, yeah. but
1: those are, that's serious social contact. Yeah. And and if you are looking at our time period, well, nobody phones on the phone anymore. Everybody is using the yeah. texting, but there there's is. still, you still have this larger um, world that yeah. you're in contact with. And it's a, largely, I look at it as almost a secret world, you know, I mean. Right.
0: People, it allows a lot more privacy
1: yeah interesting um the story about uh, Julia Child she had a lifelong friend who lived in Massachusetts Cambridge Massachusetts whom she had never met oh yeah and yet she cor her correspondence helped her give her biographers
0: uh, like, they oh, saved yeah. all of those sure. letters back yeah. and forth. And that's a huge part of, yeah, uh, history in general is, is personal correspondence, right. absolutely. And
1: yeah. without, um, you know, without that, later on, what's left behind? And, I mean, it is one of the questions about the digital, the, the
0: digital um, we're, you know, what will the digital record be? Sure, yeah, if the grid goes down. It's all lost. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, how does anybody find anything out about it? anybody? What about rock bound? It's always the like kind of, mm, it's a little bit of an elephant in the room with any iron bounders and it's hard to get a straight answer. And I know that you brought it up with Mamie and she kind of, she chatted a little bit, but she also kind of demurred a little bit. So, um, I guess from the, from the get go, not everybody in the world knows even what Rockbound is or what I'm talking about. So,
1: it was a, it was it was a it was a
0: big blow to the community. Yeah. So this is a book. It was written in 1924. Four. Four. And. <clears throat> and the man who
1: wrote it would come out and visit on Ironbound, you know. Just For a, quite a long period of time. Just imagine no? that Jan and Terry Todd mm-hmm, were coming to Ironbound. They were good friends. Right. They Spent were, a lot of time in the community.
0: People knew them. Yeah.
1: People knew them. They knew mm-hmm. the people. They knew the people intimately.
0: Yeah. But... And then they wrote a tell-all. Yeah. and and And...
1: The the you know I had this conversation with Donna Morrissey because I got to go when Canada Reads, uh, the book club that got chosen here in the province to have Donna Morrissey, the author of, well she was uh, representing, she brought the book up to Canada Reads and she won okay. the Canada Reads on, a, on, on the CBC, on CBC radio program. Yeah. Okay, and. Um, Through Emily Lyatt, I got to go to that book club and I got to meet Donna Morrissey. Donna Morrissey is a writer Mm -hmm. and she's a fiction writer. And in that conversation, I said to her, I said, the only fatal flaw for Frank Parker Day, and one that I, you know, I mean, I'm asking you, why did he use the names of the people? Mm, So literally. So, yeah, and, and the place. Because right. the original name was not rockbound, it was ironbound, oh yeah, his editor changed suggested the that they changed the name, goodness, okay, yeah, so he he you know and 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 I sort of I cornered Donna Morrissey on this, I asked okay. her, and you know she, as a good Newfoundlander would, she looks at me and she says, "Well, how the fuck would I know why <laughs> <laughs> Plus you're an author and this is kind of the field you're in yeah you know <laughs> yeah and we both of us neither uh, my best guess is it was simply it was classism okay. this fellow felt that there wouldn't be anybody and it, and you know he spent his time with the men not with the women right he spent his time with the men I haven't any idea their level of literacy or whether you know I'm, I'm going to suggest sure. that he thought there wouldn't, uh, my feeling is he, that he, he
0: assumed that if anyone, yeah, that the men were fishing and therefore they're not sitting around reading novels. I don't think for a moment he believed that anyone that on there was the anybody island, with any kind whatever. of education on the island. That
1: at the time, they didn't have a schoolhouse. Right. The schoolhouse was built in 24. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, he...
0: And the children were still educated at that time, but they were educated at home or, as you've said, uh, at Margaret's. Just for a few years. Just for a few years, I'm not sure. Right. I
1: mean, these are things that you're not going to, you know, I mean, what is your level of literacy is not
0: something you ask people. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't come up in casual conversation. It would not be taken. Yeah, very casually. So he wrote this book and he he took all of the details of the island itself and the details of people's, like the infrastructure of people's lives and then overlaid. And the commerce. And the commerce. And And
1: also some of the... the the con- whatever the, the, conflicts. the conflicts were of the island, the school or not having the school—that was Uriah on one side, and it was Anabess on the other
0: side. Mm-hmm. It was the Finks against the Youngs. Right. There was. A... There was some. And of course, yeah. Josh was still living, and uh, Joshua Fink yeah. mm-hmm, was living, who married Anabess, Anabes, and that was sort of the connection between the the connection Brought between the Finks and the Youngs. Yeah. You know, up until that time, it Mm -hmm. had been Young's all the way down. Right. And then... um, Right. So he was writing not just about, like, what we think of as now kind of long history of the island. He was writing about the contemporary conflicts and then layering in his own fiction on top of it.
1: One of the evidences, in my opinion, is that who deeded the
0: land for the schoolhouse? It was Willis. Fink. Fink. So yeah. the schoolhouse was paid for initially, so will it, uh, right. I haven't any idea. or at least the land came from the yeah. field side.
1: And the money right. for the school, I'm sure, came from the municipality. It didn't right. come from the Iron Bounders, right. I'm going to say. I don't know. I'm just you know. You can sure. look that up in the records. Sure. You could go to the registry of deeds and you mm-hmm. could find out if the schoolhouse is registered. Like the lighthouse is registered there as well. Right. So you, it, it's not that long ago. You'd easily be able. Sure. to, It'd be longhand. Mm-hmm. But you can mm-hmm. read longhand. I can read longhand. <laughs> That's fine. Well, there's a lot of people who can. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So I mean, you're you're already. I'm already ancient <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't saying that no, you're a historian <laughs> because you can read into the past that yeah. others cannot. Yeah, interesting. Um, I know, but it's the truth. Yeah. And you go back in the deed recorded deeds and everything is written in longhand because sure. that's what they had and you know, when she, yeah, she refers to Mather Pearl and uh, Albert Pearl and talks about uh, them the being... light keepers light on keepers. Pearl Island. Yeah. Yeah. Talk
0: about, and those fellows would have been coming to Ironbound. That would have been their closest. Mm-hmm. But of course, the <laughs> Tancooks. It is quite the thing when you think of Ironbound as like the closest thing to civilization. Everything that we're talking about with Ironbound being kind of in, in many ways feeling like the edge of the earth. And then you've got these guys who are living out... Off the edge. (laughs) (laughs) What's always intrigued me is,
1: um, I mean, and I can see Willis picking, see there was no government money coming in and Willis would have gotten the job out there as an interim lightkeeper when Albert died. That's right, yeah. So he, so the fact that he then, his older children are left to take care of of the the house and everything home, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming that Arthur and, see I, I never got those stories because they didn't really ask the good questions. I got one
0: story from Uncle Arthur about being on Pearl Island. But he wasn't. So he must have been visiting then. Yeah. Because he was, the story was from Pearl Island and about him duck hunting. Oh,
1: yeah, he would have been one of the guys. And the Uh, other person who went out there. And he was on his own. The other people that went out there to hunt uh, when the the, the pearls were out there, and they called Mm -hmm. it Pearl Island a lot was Frank Parker day Frank Parker Day came to hunt and to shoot and to oh, okay. he came
0: for the fishing you know he, he was sportive. he was out there to have a time and where was he staying when he was on the island he stayed at May, may's place okay. and he stayed
1: with May and Harris he actually right. landed himself with the
0: storykeeper of Ironbound: Sure because Harris Young was the one who liked to tell tales and and every, read the Bible stories and
1: everything every story that your father ever told you came straight from straight Harris. from Harris's mouth yeah. yeah, although your dad was had his own embellishments. Well, I'm sure he did, I'm sure he what would I know. Yeah <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> they good. They were good stories. <laughs> well, they were fabulous stories, but they also They were you, you, you listen to those stories and you hear all of the attitudes and ideas that we would be shocked with. And un- mm, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, yeah,
0: your dad in our community was considered rough. Right. But he so also kind of relished that. I sure don't know. He did. Dad was not, it's not that dad was incapable of, he was a very sophisticated and complex creature so it's not that he was incapable of being cooth it's just that he enjoyed ruffling feathers that was
1: part of it mm-hmm. but the other part of it was that that was his culture and heritage and he'd like to get it out once in a while and sort of you know right. what i'm saying is he was he was um, he was you know he he uh, he, he had uh, he knew what he was doing mm mm-hmm. mhm but he also came from a, 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 a. Not, I haven't got the word for it. But his culture was, it was an isolated community and mm-hmm. an isolated culture. It was in a, he was like um, he was like a, 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 not a Mormon, a, a like Mennonite in a yeah. Mennonite community in yeah. a way.
0: No, that's crossed my mind more recently that I haven't hadn't quite taken to heart to what degree it, the rest of the world as contemporaries would have looked at Ironbound as being, in a way, like a, an isolated religious community. And, and, not, and it wasn't because of the religion, it was just because of the isolation and the way of life, which is interesting. Yes, but it, it, it does come across, because I didn't, I didn't get it when I was younger, because when you're young, the you way come. things are is the way things are, and you don't really see them in context. Yeah. And so it's only now that I'm even sort of putting my brain to it that I start to see how kind of unusual Ironbound was in its... Uh, even compared to similar places that were occurring at the same time.
1: And one of the things
0: they knew, they knew
1: about the rest of the world. Sure, they knew about maybe how they were looked upon. I don't. But they were very proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very independent. Mm-hmm. Very
0: hardworking.
1: Very hardworking, and they basically were saying,
0: "We've got the right answer." Right we're happy with we're the, happy with how things how are. we're doing it yeah
1: and w- mm-hmm. we have this set of values mm-hmm. and that is and that's fine with yeah. us there's no reason for us to change our our mm-hmm. values right and they did they had good core values now
0: we're, it's interesting with that level of i'm just going to call it like cultural stubbornness yeah for lack of you know whatever and i think we're all um, certainly able to do that with whatever it is we're accustomed to. It's interesting that across the board, the Ironbounders saw the writing on the wall regarding the fishing industry, and encouraged the kids to go to the mainland for education and to seek their life's paths elsewhere. Because, so the in spite of having this um, strong sense of adhering to the way that they do things, they still saw that that couldn't last. And there's certainly plenty of evidence of lots of other cultures and, and people around the world who haven't been that adaptive to the point that they just disappear and die out. But the Iron Bounders still exist, but they are scattered all over at mm-hmm. this point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there they
1: were a group of people who had the capacity to read the tea leaves pretty yeah. correctly in that regard
0: and not to be um, uh, banging a feminist drum here but do we think that do you think that a part of that comes from the fact that the women were a lot of them coming from away anyways and so the outside world in that sense felt more accessible? I believe
1: that the people of Ironbound, you know something about this. They, they had a balance early on um, the Willises and the Joshes and that, you know, Percy and, and, um, Harvey, those guys had a, a certain work-life balance mm-hmm. going on. And then when they decided to get into scene fishing, this mm-hmm. is, I mean, this is all conjecture on my part, but sure when they got into scene fishing, which was in the early 50s, and that was because, <laughs> that was because, um, uh Russell went the youngest mm-hmm. went off island, took a course and seen fishing mm, okay. brought back, and then they um and said this then is they, what we should do then they licensed a berth off at of the back of the island, uh-huh. where they set up you know so they had a government licensure to 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 run the, the scene. scene okay the, the real estate, yeah. Set up, and then they built the first scene, which they had to do sitting down there and and knitting miles miles and miles of of, 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 pieces of netting had to be put together. Mm -hmm. And then it was thousands of pounds, thousands of of pounds of of gear had to be used for the anchors and Mm -hmm. all of that, and the scene buoys. The infrastructure was huge; Huge. it was a big investment. But it was the scene fishing, like. Like, Robert and Isaac and all of them would say the same thing. They had a record of how much uh, they'd gotten for a pound of fish in 1922, and they had a record of what they were getting in mm-hmm. 1952. Right. And it was the same price. Right. But so what they managed to do for themselves... With the scene. Is, with the scene is to increase... The volume. The volume. Right. So business-wise... So the only
0: used, way that they could make a living... That made any sense was to just increase the volume, and that brought them. That
1: brought them uh, into focus with the government. It was through their industry and the amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. politics follows the money.
0: Sure, of course. Yeah. And
1: as soon as they had that volume of money coming in, mm-hmm. they became that much more important. Right. And sure, p- 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 things roll from there. So one thing rolls upon the other, but it, you're killed by your success. Right. You know, and I know, I remember as a young woman being out there. We'd come out for summers, mm-hmm. and then later, while well, we were out, and they were still working. Yeah. They would be, the day started at 3 a.m. Right. Nan would be up, and we'd... Um, See everybody off uh, at three, and I'd go back to bed. What were they having for breakfast
0: at three in the morning? Oh, the usual shredded wheat and oh, oatmeal okay. and all the rest of it. They'd, okay. Yeah. It wasn't like a fry up, or it wasn't like no. A... They didn't. No, they didn't. Do and that. tea,
1: tea, mm-hmm. and then the the cat. You know, their lunch kettles would be in their hands, and right. they'd be off to the shore. Okay. They'd have this big lunch with them. Yeah. But they're starting at three a.m. Yeah. And. Um, Then noon meal. If they then if they'd when they were getting and early on they were processing all their fish.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But even even back in the day they were processing fish, but not the amount of fish that they were processing. You know that's why they had the big fish doors and everything was Mm -hmm. to hold on to the. So they had they (laughs) they were maintaining the old system. While they simultaneously were also
0: maintaining the new system, right, which is to say the scene, and then they were taking the fish directly to New Harbor when they had caught it, and they were yeah. bringing it on the like conveyor belts yeah. out of the boats, yeah, like in the picture here. Uh, That's right. Yeah, bringing.
1: They and just, so then what, they dip the fish out. The purse scene would purse, and then they dip the fish into the into, into the, the boat scenes, uh, the scene boats you know, that were just, mm-hmm. and then they'd tow them behind, and they have the boats filled, and all you saw the boats going was just the just running the board, the dome, you know, yeah. you, you could just, it looked right. like they were, it looked yeah. like a miracle, <laughs> right, but they were built to be able to carry 20,000 pounds, um, right. so, and they could haul that out if they needed to, so they had the scene going, they also had I mean, they didn't, there was nothing that they weren't doing. They right. were doing their lobsters. They were lobster fishing. Mm-hmm. They were doing gill netting. Mm-hmm. So they were setting gill net. They had trawl. They were trawl fishing. They were going off for scallops. They were, they were, um, so they were, hmm. they were, you know, dragging right. for scallops. Right.
0: There wasn't a They minute... were catching squid for bait. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was for the uh for mostly for lobster but, but mm. also for the hand lining because right. they were hand lining too yeah we wouldn't want to leave anything out <laughs> and so the so essentially they started at three in the morning and their day went on and they'd finish up 10 at night
0: yeah and obviously had, there'd have to be there's season to these things and then seasons of but they went yeah. long time yeah
1: and they they, they got themselves into a uh, pickle because they just couldn't sleep anymore. Mm. You had sleep deprivation going on. You had, right. you know, yeah. the endorphins get going. And sure. they, there they are at three in the morning talking about being up at 12 so that they could see so-and-so. Oh, yeah, I saw so-and-so go off and he's doing this and he's doing yeah. that. Every small boat was out there. Right. And then, in, you know, when it got to lean times, then they go, they were a rather active bunch. Right. And yeah. in the meantime, you know, they're they're also gardening. Right. And selling. Right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and how many people were there? Right, which gives a little bit of context to dad complaining about how lazy we were when we were kids cuz
1: you have no idea how lazy <laughs> we were, you were.
0: We were working very hard. <laughs> on,
1: but <laughs> but you were working hard on on a scale of the community. I'm sure. Yeah. On a scale of an iron bounder. Yeah. Life of luxury, <laughs> <laughs> <And that's nice. laughs>
0: raking hay and digging ditches, and yeah, yeah. G- keeping the gardens, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and what, what the hell, you know?
0: <laughs> and who was I, you know, me in the in, in between times? Sure, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. But right, it's all bonbons and cigarettes over here. That's
1: right. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. on this
0: side, yeah. and After all, I was, you know. Yeah.
1: But what I did get to see is that they were well aware of the fact that they were wearing themselves out. Right. And I believe that even though they did get the young, you know, when we were, Peter talked about getting seasick, right? That's right. Yeah. Maynard suffered seasick every single day. That, oh, Maynard, that would be Mamie's only son. Yeah, right. And uh, so Maynard is a lawyer over in Ontario now. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's much happier lawyering than he would have been working working as a fisherman. As a fisherman. Yeah. And although your dad pines at pined after Ironbound, mm-hmm. he, he didn't pine after the kind of fishing that he those jobs were doing. He didn't want to be.
0: He didn't long to be doing that work.
1: You know, you tied yourself to a way of life. Yeah. And. Well, you know, mm-hmm. because you've gotten you've gotten yourself into it. Where you're working all day and you're working all yeah. night, and you have yeah. no time. But you wouldn't wish it on a you wouldn't wish it. The life becomes something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy, right. let alone your family members. Right. And I'm going to conjecture that that was enough to motivate them to say, "Yeah,
0: our you guys kids, should go to school. <laughs> our yeah.
1: kids have an opportunity to do other things. Right. They'll they'll be able to live easier. They." Isaac loved his brother, Art, mm-hmm. to death, but Arthur went and worked in the shipyard. Arthur went to and he lived in Halifax. Yeah, And Isaac got to see how Arthur lived, mm. that he had time for other, other things, things, that he was right. instrumental in building a church and having a community life and mm-hmm. all of these things. That wasn't lost on Isaac. Right. Yeah. Those... Things were pretty. Those were the it charms. Those were the charms of mainland life, and mm-hmm. they are the charms of mainland life. Sure, yeah. Sure. You know, Robert talked about going back to Ironbound. and I said, "Nope." I <laughs> no. said, "It's <laughs> these great. guys." Oh my God! Great, great idea for a holiday. Yeah, but Ironbound. I mean, and you know, to bring the groceries out, let alone mm-hmm. to bring the building supplies out and materials. Yeah. Um, and we were always, I mean, you know what a trip to shore and a trip out was like. Yeah. First, you got everything into the boat, and then you got it out of the boat, and then you got back into the boat, and then you got to mainland, and then you had to take the yeah. boat out.
0: Yes. Yeah, and then you had to drag yeah. the boat out of the water so that it was not going to wash away or and then yeah all and, the, and all the maintenance of all of the infrastructure They were
1: maintaining all that infrastructure and
0: on the island and on the mainland and
1: and and that's what you and Jason inherited just well you you kind of I mean and you kind of got to live the dream too because suddenly uh I can it's economics that drives everything and mm-hmm. suddenly John Risley comes out and John Risley is looking for and there people. was money yeah and, I mean, it's kind of, it's like you guys are nobody. Sure. So, I mean, yeah. not to say that they, he didn't get the best damn workers that he possibly ever no, could have gotten. I think gotten. that it
0: was, but I don't know that he was looking for a 12-year-old girl to fulfill the, uh, <laughs> it wasn't part of the no, job description. No, but, but
1: of course, where was he going to get people? <clears throat> yeah, and sure. And Susan and everyone else has run into that, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Is, and, I mean... Anyone he, who's looking for people to do work on the island. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I mean... You, you you know the economic drivers are really important to look at as well when yeah. you're trying to understand, um you know, if John Risley, I mean, I'll never forget the 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 response from Diane and Mark Dietrich and the response from your father and myself, to be honest with you were so diametrically opposed, mm-hmm. you no know, So B- Diane
0: and Mark were come from a ways from Manhattan, specifically not just New York, but they were really like yeah. New York New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, and they owned were they owned the May house that had been Mae and Harris Young's Yeah. Yeah. In downtown Ironbound. Yeah. And okay.
1: and 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 they were aghast. They were
0: that really? John Risley had come and was building a big house and doing all of this work on the island. Yeah.
1: On the other hand... Because
0: it felt like a disruption to their sort of holiday life.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just going to spoil everything. Sure. Meanwhile, your dad is there and I'm there saying, yes, okay. we're saved. <laughs> because he brought That meant infrastructure. there was some... He brought, he right. brought uh, uh We money. fixed
0: the wharf. Uh, Put in the the seawall.
1: And then repaired the lighthouse. The lighthouse. Repaired um, uh, uh, Buddy Young's building. Fish store. And of course, Malcolm's barn. barn, Mm -hmm. And and built new buildings downtown, um, if you want to put it that way. And brought, but what he did most of all, and for your immediate family, is he provided income. Income. Yeah.
0: You've got. Folks People coming. coming. I do. And uh, I haven't even brushed I've my got, teeth or washed my uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I will let you get to that. And I, I do appreciate you being a resource for this. I, and, uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if I come at you again in the future to uh, comment on various things. So because there's, you well, know, I'm delighted so many, you're interested.
1: Yeah. And uh, anything that I have around here, and I I mean, I've got when you get settled and so forth. There's, there's lots of stuff. Sure. I, you know, I mean, (laughs) as far as, yeah, and I mean, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I'm here. I am. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny, talking.
0: So that's where we're going to leave it for today. We do actually have a little bit more from the interview with my mom, but we're going to save that for a later date. And uh, as I mentioned in the interview, I think that there's a good chance that we'll check back in with her on a couple of things since she... Uh, Is such a great source for information on the island. So that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of material in there. And if you have um, thoughts or comments or similar stories that you lived, I'd uh, love to hear from you. The email address for the podcast is ironboundpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send a short audio clip, the best way to do it is to uh, use the voice memos app on your phone and then email us the file. And that's going to give us the best quality in case we want to share it on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to having you all with me next time. Bye now.